Hi there. Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source of original and unique jewelry with stories of the designers who create it. My name is Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a degree in geology. I've worked in the retail sector for over 15 years. After completing my graduate gemology diploma and working in the industry for a little while, I took an intermittent career break and worked for a major airline. That's why I combine the theme of aviation and the concept of navigating shoppers to choices of unique jewelry, as well as understanding gem selection and jewelry construction, as well as metal choices. I do a coordinating blog post for every podcast showing photos of the jewelry that we're talking about, as well as links to the jewelers and more information about them. So I hope you enjoy the episodes and feel free to subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport, a way to stay up to date with the current episodes and upcoming features. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hey there, thanks so much for joining me. This is the Jewelry Navigator Podcast. Welcome back. I have so much to share with you since my last podcast. I apologize for kind of getting off the wagon here and not visiting with you more often. I've kind of been having some uh, other projects in the background, and I will be releasing and explaining those in the coming weeks. But if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I went to Tucson for the biggest gem and mineral show in the world. It was a couple of weeks ago, and I actually went February 6th to the 8th. It was a fabulous experience, and I covered a lot of ground in just three days. But when I started Jewelry Navigator last March, I had no idea where it would leave. I just knew that my purpose was always to educate shoppers on gemstones, how to shop for jewelry and share unique jewelry created by jewelers and designers who think outside the commercialized box. I'm very selective with who I feature on the podcasts and on my blog as far as vetting their quality, their attention to detail, and the materials that they use for unique design. On my Jewelry Navigator website, you now have the opportunity to shop from some of the selections that have been featured by the designers that I featured on the podcast. Just go in the main menu and under shop, there's a list of selected designers that I've been working with and I featured most of them on the podcast and they have a shop selection that goes directly to their store. It's an affiliate type of relationship, so I do earn a small percentage from each sale, and with that, you're helping to support Jewelry Navigator and the projects and the services that I'm developing in the future to help you find even more awesome jewelry. It also goes to support these wonderful jewelers and designers that I support and love sharing their stories. So I'd appreciate it when you think of purchasing your next jewelry gift, please consider taking a look at the designers in the Jewelry Navigator shop. So let me tell you how wonderful Tucson was. First of all, let me give you a little background. Every year in February, thousands of rock hounds, jewelers, gemologists, and artists attend gem shows in Tucson. And when I say gem shows, you think that there's maybe one gem show in Tucson? No, 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 no. There are a multitude of them. And since its beginning, the show has grown to over 40 separate shows. 
For jewelers and fine gemstone buyers, the shows are in venues like the AGT, AGTA Gem Fair that's in the Tucson Convention Center, which is a huge show. And other shows are inside mazes of large white tents alongside the roads or in parking lots. They set up these giant tents and others take over complete hotels using guest rooms as temporary shops. It was an experience that surpassed my expectations for sure. And for those of you who aren't familiar with this show, it's a mecca for jewelers, both professional and hobbyists, rock hounds as well. When I started the podcast last March, I had no idea where this would lead. And let me backtrack a little bit. The last podcast was my visit with Roger and Rachel Derry of Gem Legacy. Shortly after the release of the podcast, I received an invitation to their launch party for Gem Legacy. Gem Legacy was established back in the fall, but their official launch for Gem Legacy was at the Tucson Gem Show. The launch party happened to be in Tucson, coinciding with JCK's Gem Show at the JW Marriott Star Pass. I never thought I'd be able to find a hotel, much less an available flight into Tucson during the height of the AGTA and JCK gem shows. I kind of felt like Cinderella left behind for the ball, but I was encouraged by a dear friend to at least look into getting a hotel and try to make it happen, and I did. I was so excited to be going. I left a cold, blustery DC metro area the morning of February 6th and walked off the plane later the same afternoon to bright blue skies and sunshine at the Tucson International Airport. Tucson is really warm and welcoming, and I found the Uber drivers there to be friendly, kind, and professional, which I was very relieved about. Being by myself, I didn't want to be getting into cars with creepy people, but um, I haven't used Uber very much, and I was very delighted and very impressed with the drivers and and everything. They were there within minutes of me um, plugging in a request for the ride. Luckily, the area in which I traveled to and from the hotel and airport and to the scheduled events and shows was rather compact with rides no more than 10 minutes. I went straight to the Tucson Convention Center to register and to receive my badge, which was so cool. Getting that official badge and a sticker and everything was just so exciting. And I had scheduled to meet Travis of William Travis Jewelry there. He and I have been shuffling dates to find time for a podcast interview, and I was delighted to have the opportunity to meet with him in Tucson. We visited in the sitting area of the Grand Ballroom of the AGTA Gem Fair, and then Travis introduced me to a few of his favorite contacts who shared their insight on how best to view and visit the show. I really appreciated this because being first-time visitor, I had no idea where to start, you know, what shows would be best and not really understanding that there were multiple shows and how they were set up. It was really good to get that direction from people who've been there, you know, year after year. But you know how you think when you see a celebrity in the airport or in public or you you find somebody you just really look up to and it's so exciting to meet them? That's what I felt when I spotted one of the first designers that I've only seen on Instagram, and I absolutely adore her work because it's just so colorful and beautiful. I spotted Bella Campbell of Campbellian Collections in the AGTA Grand Ballroom. Well, I about lost my marbles. And <laughs> if you've never seen Bella's collections, they're masterful color combinations 
of the most delicious gemstones using bright gems like purple and hot pink spinel, orange and pink and purple sapphires, pink, purple, and green garnets, tanzanite paired with vibrant blue zircons. I mean, I could go on and on because I just love color gemstones, and I was so excited to meet her, the woman and the artist behind the explosively exciting gemstone combinations. I'll be visiting with Bella next week to bring you her story in an upcoming podcast, which I'm really excited about, but some of her pieces that she had on display there were set with the most beautiful moonstones. And what I didn't realize is that moonstones have a background or somewhat of a body color. And she has such an eye for color that she will take gemstones and set them around the moonstone, whether they complement or contrast the moonstone. It turns out to be really beautiful and so well paired together that It's just a harmonious combination of gemstones and creations of jewelry. So I'll be sure to post those pictures as well. And if you can't tell this about me yet, I'm a huge fan of color and colored gemstones. You know, diamonds have their wonderful qualities and they're sparkly. And yes, they have, you know, wonderful stamina as far as their reliability and their durability goes. But give me colored stones any day. So afterward, meeting with Bella and walking around to some of the other exhibits and booths, I tagged along with Travis as he perused a premium selection of gemstones at one of the booths for specific clients and projects. Travis has earned multiple AGTA Spectrum Awards for his designs, which are distinctive and exciting, and he loves to use color in his gemstones or in his um, designs, which makes them really exciting. And he's another guest that I'll be featuring in a future and upcoming Jewelry Navigator podcast. I met many other fascinating people behind jeweled creations and gemstones, and they work in different venues of the trade, but I'll keep them as surprises for future episodes. Oh, here's just a little... Spoiler alert, I hope to share the story of Jade because Jade is kind of a misunderstood gemstone. It's really popular in some countries, but not so much in other countries like in the States. You know, sometimes it kind of ebbs and flows with its popularity, but it's really a magical and beautiful stone. And I have someone I'm going to be sharing her story with her history and designs of jade. So I can't wait and I'm really looking forward to that. So later that afternoon, I was scheduled to meet Roger, Ginger, his wife, and Rachel Derry for coffee. And funny enough, we ran into them while touring the show with Travis, but it was such a pleasure to meet the Derrys. And after hearing and sharing their gem legacy story on the podcast, it was just such a delight to be able to meet them in person. We happened to find more common interests like college sports and aviation and discussed future ways to partner together for a gem legacy. And I knew that I would be catching up with them the next evening and then the following day, Friday, for their launch party for a gem legacy at the JW Marriott Star Pass. So later that afternoon, things were starting to close up pretty quickly. I didn't get to the convention center till probably... I don't know, maybe one o'clock or two o'clock. So um, I just kind of made some tours around and talked to some other gemstone dealers and visited jewelry. And as 
the booths in HETA's gem fair was closing up, I walked to a local taco and beer bar and the whole time remembering how cold the desert nights become, wishing I had worn my red pea coat rather than opt for a space-saving blazer. So I had a wonderful dinner at this little local bar that serves tacos and beer. That was great. And then ordered my Uber back to the hotel. So Thursday morning, I attended one of AGTA's free seminars presented by Kate Peterson, who's CEO of Performance Concepts, entitled Color, the Key to Winning the Millennial Customer. This was so interesting. She commanded our attention as she shared market trends between ones that are rising and others that have receded, but are on the horizon to return kind of a reinforcing pattern that we've seen over and over, cyclical, based on so many different things, everything from economy to fashion trends and how and what we can do to appeal to the shopping audiences, regardless of their age. So after the seminar, I cruised through the AGTA gem fair once more and then ran into Samantha Jackson of Heavenly Vices Fine Jewelry. She's the one who makes jewelry using love tokens, which were originally coins, and usually one side has been burnished off so that engraving and embellished monograms can be engraved on one side. They're really beautiful, and she has such an eye and a collection for them and makes beautiful jewelry from them. I'll link her site in the show notes. I also met up with Eric of Eric Christopher Designs, who's designs, jewelry designs are mostly ocean theme with an old world flair, you know, kind of think Etruscan accents and sunken pirate treasures, that kind of thing. His jewelry is a really beautiful balance between delicate details and granulation techniques that highlight the really beautiful colored stones that he uses. So it was really cool to meet you, Eric. I'm really glad that we were able to connect just for a few minutes. It was such a beautiful day. I enjoyed an early lunch in the warm Tucson sun under the blue skies. The food truck menus were just too enticing and convenient to pass up. And every day is kind of a race against the sun. So as most shows close at 6 p.m. for the day, I was rushing to make sure that I could cover as much ground as possible. So after enjoying my delicious local fair at the food trucks, I walked over to the GJX, which stands for Gem and Jewelry Exchange, the big tent that's actually kind of close to the convention center. I was promised the exhibits would be many and magnificent, and the description did not fail. It was huge, and it kind of gets to be overwhelming, and now I know when I go back to have more of a more of a game plan and definitely have things mapped out a little bit. I found that if I didn't follow some kind of an itinerary to go and meet different gem cutters or designers that I wanted to meet, it became really overwhelming quickly. I regrouped and focused on finding one gem cutter that I have been following and really admire and was so glad that I did seek him out. His name is John Dyer. So once I got my bearings in the maze of the tent and understood the directional flow of the booth addresses, I found John Dyer's double, it might have been triple-sized booth. Oh my gosh, I will definitely post these pictures, and you may have seen one from when I was in Tucson of the big Paraiba tourmaline, the round, it's like a neon 
greenish blue stone. It's magnificent. But John shared his background and how his interest in gems grew from his early entrepreneurial endeavors as a homeschooled child. He's promised me to have a phone visit so I can share his story on a podcast in an upcoming episode. And I can't wait. It's a really interesting story and I can't wait to share it with you. He's enjoying huge success and it couldn't happen to a nicer person. So after finishing my tour through GJX, I was lucky to catch the show shuttle just in time and finish the day at the Pueblo Gem Show, just a five minute walk from my hotel, which was perfect timing. I've been told of exhibitors transforming hotel guest rooms into their showrooms. I watched as show guests were disappearing beyond this little courtyard area and beyond and into like the breezeways of the hotel. So I kind of followed along and happened to notice that there were flyers all posted up in the breezeway and one that caught my eye that I think I had found flipping through the magazines and I'd actually... Um, posted one of one of the pieces of jewelry with their gemstone set in it was Tucson Todd Gems. It's a pretty cool name and um, very definitive yet a catchy name. And the font and styling of his poster was reminiscent of a merchant that you might, you know, definitely envision in an old Western town. It was perfect. I realized this would be one of my favorite discoveries when I found that Mary Vanderaa and Tucson Todd are gem and business partners. Todd acquires the rough and facets the stones for Mary's custom jewelry pieces set with exquisite and unusual gemstones. Once again, I lost my marbles because some of the gemstones that she features you don't even hear of half the time. And actually, one of the gemstones that they feature in some of their jewelry it's something that was undiscovered, and actually she and Todd took it to GIA, and they identified it as an unknown variety of color change garnet. So they set some of their stones with these beautiful hot pink garnets that changed to a purple color. It was just so much fun to visit her, and it's, it's a delight to visit with other jewelers and gemologists who get as excited for gemstones as I do. So after visiting Mary and Todd, I meandered through other hotel room exhibits and then outside to see the giant amethyst geodes and the furniture card from Giant Quartz Crystals. Yes, for sure, they make furniture out of giant crystals. There was one even carved into a park bench. I mean, who, who knew that this existed? So by then it was late afternoon and time to make my way back to JW Marriott for JCK's meet and greet event, Gems After Dark. I met up with Rachel and Ginger Derry on the terrace where we could see the city lights of Tucson from the hotel's elevated location in Star Pass. It was beautiful, but a really chilly night, and we enjoyed cocktails under the Arizona night sky. But shortly after I arrived, I was introduced to Deborah Navarro inside because it was starting to get chilly. Deborah has accompanied the Dairies on four of their visits to East Africa and creates award-winning jewelry from stone sourced through Gem Legacy during the trips. Several of her collections were designed to honor people, animals, and experiences while visiting East Africa. In fact, she was awarded JCK's Industry Choice Award for her Vincent cocktail ring, which is part of her Watu collection and is an organic formed ring made from recycled textured 18 karat yellow gold and it's set with the most beautiful and alluring 10 and a half karat green barrel 
pale green barrel and accented with just over quarter carat natural diamonds set in sand pave. She happened to be wearing the ring that evening, and as I enjoyed the company with Deborah, her assistant Marguerite, she and Roger shared stories from their adventures, one of which was when they were almost charged by a giant elephant bull when Deborah thought he was just being friendly. I just can't even imagine, and their stories were just so much fun to hear. Then she went on to explain the story behind the name of her ring, which she names many of her collection pieces after the people who are special members of the mining communities, some of the guides during their visits, and others in the trade who have accompanied them on different trips to East Africa. Many of Deborah's designs give back to the people and miners in the East African communities by contributing 5% of each sale to Gem Legacy. And this is quoted from her website from the Watu Collection. The Watu Collection features responsibly sourced natural gemstone rough I hand select on my East African visits. The designs are artfully inspired by pops of color against an earthy landscape accented by earth-toned diamonds set in 18-karat recycled gold. Watu means people in Swahili. The real story of Watu is about the people who have touched my life. Each style in Watu is named in honor of one of these people. As the collection grows, so will their story. A highlight of many stones is the tenda cut, a flat facet intentionally placed with a Swahili meaning of doing good to someone. In the words of my friend Jose, what you do not see, you can remember in your heart. Wearing a piece from Watu reminds you of the good the gemstones do. For all items in the Watu collection, 5% of each purchase goes to Gem Legacy. Her tusk collection pieces, which are part of her barefoot collection, are free-form organic triangular shapes symbolizing elephant tusks and rhino horns and made with recycled 18-karat yellow gold set with natural and brown diamonds. I feel like those elements combine to kind of honor and reminisce the African landscape and they're a tribute to the majestic they represent. With each purchase from her Tusk series, Deborah donates $100 to the David Sheldrick Wildlife Trust for support for threatened and orphaned elephants and rhinos due to poaching and environmental challenges. For more information, I will leave this in the show notes, but you can visit the sheldrickwildlifetrust.org. That's www.sheldrickwildlifetrust.org. I was mesmerized by their stories and so touched by how Deborah honors the people and animals her jewelry collections represent. Deborah is a living embodiment of how full circle benefits of Gem Legacy can work from the mind to your jewelry. I look forward to sharing a podcast visit with Deborah in the near future so she can tell you more of her East African gemstone adventures and share stories from the people who are central to her colored stone collections. To learn more about Gem Legacy, go back and listen to my last podcast episode where I visited with Roger and Rachel and they shared how and why they started Gem Legacy and how it's become a movement gaining followers, jewelers, and others who serve with benefits beyond the mind and into the future, creating a true legacy grounded in authentic interest to enhance and enrich the lives along those who mine and discover the gems showcased in Roger's collection. Gem Legacy's influence doesn't stop when they return from their trips from East Africa either. 
Their purpose is to share the tangible fruit of the miners' finds and labor. As a jeweler or designer, you have a unique opportunity to showcase beautiful stones sourced from one of the richest gem-producing areas in the world. The gems are vibrant and promise to be one-of-a-kind treasures on their own, but when set into jewelry, their stories will spread the excitement to those who want to support sustainable, traceable, and authentic sourcing. I just really am so impressed with their mission and what they're about and what they're doing. So it goes without saying that many of the stones that the dairies have on Roger's website, they know exactly who found them and how that gem will transform their lives and those in their communities. I just think it's so exciting to know that retailers, jewelers, and designers now have a really viable option to share stones that have been ethically sourced through a transparent chain of custody and which ensures that the people's lives behind the stones are made better through the purchase of Rogers stones and all of gem legacy's efforts and initiatives combine for what they term holistic sourcing, which serves and supports the miners and their communities in mind, body, and spirit. What I just explained to you is the basic premise and philosophies that gem legacy practices, which were then echoed again the next morning at the Gem Legacy launch breakfast, which was absolutely wonderful. It was once again at JW Marriott, and Ginger and Rachel kicked off the presentation as guests settled in with flutes of mimosas and breakfast and coffee. The presentation shared the efforts and initiatives set up through Gem Legacy and how they support the mining communities with institutions, educational resources, and comforts we take for granted, like schools, beds, books, and the path for continuing education. The dairies did a fabulous job at presenting their initiatives and telling stories of how they're helping the communities in the East African mines and showing pictures and sharing the stories of the people who've become so precious to them. Standing by their sides and continuing with presentations were their board of advisors, Monica Stevenson of iDazzle and Anza Gems, Ben Smithy of the Smithy Group, and Chris Clover of Fields Jewelers. They each echoed how gems contain the power to create exponential legacies for future generations with Gem Legacies Initiatives for Education, Vocational Training, and Entrepreneurship. The entire function was just so lovely and wonderful. I'm so honored to have been a part of it. After the launch, people visited and meandered and introduced themselves and listened to more stories. It was even just as pleasant as the whole presentation. And afterward, I had the pleasure of meeting Peggy Jo Donahue. She's a former editor and industry writer, and I've always seen her picture in some of the articles that I read in the trade magazines, and it was just such a thrill to get to meet her as well. Before heading to the airport for my afternoon flight back to reality, I visited the JCK show and stopped by to visit Deborah Navarro at her exhibit to see her jewelry up close. Because remember, I didn't get to see it up until now. I only saw what she was wearing the night of the meet and greet. So while I was there, I also met Tammy, whose company and Instagram handle is The Jewel Princess. She's creating her own path of ethical influence through her efforts to support 
and guide women in small business in Myanmar. She was actually completing an on-the-spot purchase of items in Deborah's Watu collection, all stone-sourced through Gem Legacy. By now, I had to really start watching my time to make sure I got back to the airport in time, but before I did, I had a time enough to stop by a couple other booths, one of which was Toby Pomeroy's, who creates jewelry from ethically sourced metals and gemstones, and one more that really caught my eye, I mean, really stopped me in my tracks, was called The Rock Hound with Susie Smyther of London. She's an FGA and makes the most incredible, colorful jewelry with techniques that are just stunning, one of which is infusing metal with bright, brilliant colors, making them look like, oh, they looked like crystals, but they were sterling silver coated with this special treatment that makes the metal really bright colors. And then a technique using nano ceramic coating over recycled gold and really beautiful, vibrant, contrasting gemstones. Just stopped me in my tracks once again because they're colored stones. Tucson's gem shows were just such an experience that I'm so happy I got to experience. And it was wonderful to be able to immerse myself into was really kind of a surreal world of gemstones and jewelry that I'd only seen in trade show magazines and, and, you know, in store and JCK and all the wonderful pictures that I'd seen other people experience. Now I got to experience for myself and it was just such a thrill. So I'm so glad I got to share this with you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that It makes you want to learn more about gemstones, or if you're in the trade, make sure that you're going to trade shows like this. If Tucson's too far, there are other ones, and maybe that's something I should do, is do an episode about the different trade shows and how to get to them, which ones are going to be more productive and more suitable for for your purpose. So anyway, thanks again for tuning in, and I want to mention, watch for an upcoming feature on alternative engagement rings, which will only be available to those who subscribe to Jewelry Navigator Passport. Along with that, I'm going to be releasing a shopping, a jewelry shopping cheat sheet that once again is only available if you're part of Jewelry Navigator Passport. So you're, it's your itinerary for insider jewelry info and special offers. I know you have a choice in many podcasts, but really, really appreciate you listening to Jewelry Navigator. I love sharing the stories and information on gemstones and jewelry. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, cross-check those safety clasps and earring backs. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.